action sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You could email us using the email address ignition at sfcatholic.org. That's I-G-N-I-T. I-O-N at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us using the Twitter handle at, at, at sfdiocese, SF as in Sioux Falls, D-I-O-C-E-S-E, using the hashtag ignition. So I am, I mentioned my name already, Chris Bergwald, who, no, no, no. What, and you what? mentioned my name already. Actually, I mentioned my own name. Yes, you did. Father Andrew Dickinson. <laughs> who are you, Father I'm a son of the living God, born to my parents in time, Dave and Joanne, born again with water and the Holy Spirit in the baptism of the Holy Catholic Church, uh, confirmed uh, by a decoy, uh, Monsignor Mahold. <laughs> so the when I was confirmed... Uh, a decoy? That's his own words. When I was confirmed, uh, Bishop at the time, Bishop Carlson in 96 has had some cancer treatments and wasn't able to travel. And so he sent one of the uh, retired Monsignors of the diocese, Monsignor uh, Mahold, to administer confirmation to my parish. Really? Yeah. So, And he called himself the decoy. He was uh, in the diocese at the time? Carlson or Mahold? Mahold. Yeah. He wasn't in Rome? Not in 96 or whenever really? I was confirmed. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Okay. But in fall of 95, spring of 96, okay. but yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and then I'm ordained a Catholic priest you. and uh, serving now in my 10th year as a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls at the Parish of St. Paul's in White and the Pius Twelfth Newman Center for SDSU. Go big, go blue, go Jacks. <laughs> So you're in your 10th year, so that means you're coming up to your the 11th anniversary of your ordination? Uh, no, I'm coming up to my 10th, 10th anniversary. anniversary. Okay, yeah, because right. I celebrate my first anniversary Ten, after my first year of Yes, you do. Thank you. What uh, what date is that then? Uh, the Feast of the Martyrs, uh, Peter and Marcellinus, Holy Martyrs of Rome. When? June 2nd. June 2nd. Just coming up here very shortly, next yes, week. and it's my 11th anniversary of being ordained a deacon on, on the, the same, same day. date. Really? Yep. That was... Because, How well, convenient. no, the same day, 365 days later. Right. <laughs> same date. There we go. Um, and you are? Chris Bergwald. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Beloved son of the father. <laughs> Everything father said except with my own parents and my own date. Oh, okay. My own bishop growing up. Actually, I was also <laughs> confirmed by the decoy, quote, oh, yeah? unquote. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, no, I mean... Well, Monsignor actually called himself the decoy. I know, okay. I know, I know. I, I heard that. Uh, or the lame here. duck. Or I, was, uh, I was um, ordained by... No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, no. I was <laughs> confirmed by my parish priest. It was delegated to him because I could not be at the confirmation of my oh, class. Too and important. So, yeah, it's a long time ago. In a it's a tough life. Far, far away. <laughs> it's a hard knock life. And him. I am, so this is still who I am. I am a husband to Jermaine. I'm almost, well, this is my 17th year of marriage. Um, and children to five. Last week I was wife of. Now I'm children, children to, to five. 
father to five great kids with Jermaine. And I do direct adult discipleship and evangelization for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. It's the longest introduction to ignition. I think we, I think we almost have to say who we are again because we've taken so long answering the question. Yeah. <laughs> so you're listening to Ignition, a <laughs> podcast and radio broadcast for the new evangelization. Our desire to ignite your own efforts uh, to serve the Lord and fulfilling your baptismal calling. Exactly. So we are today part of uh, uh, each month, Father and I um, have been giving a little primer, an introduction to one of the books or uh, documents of the, primer. of the, well, we started with the New Testament and we're making our way through it and then we'll probably go through the old. So this is job security right here. <laughs> we're just going to keep on going through. Keep on going. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to be um, looking at St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians because yes, as you probably are aware there's more than one. So we're going to begin, uh, as you should, at the very beginning with the first of the two letters that we know that are inspired and written by Paul to the Thessalonians. Yes, to the church in Thessalonica. Yes, Thessalonica. And we'll get to Thessalonica in a little bit. Um, just a bit of background. We A lot of the uh, material that we'll use, especially at the beginning of talking about um, the author, the date, so on, um, Thessalonica, is from... Dr. Scott Hahn and Curtis Mitch's fantastic, uh, fantastic commentary on the New Testament, the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, New Testament edition. So um, we learned this stuff uh, once upon a time, but it's always good to, to look to some resources for a refresher. Uh, and so that's what Father and I have looked at. So without further ado, without further ado, without further ado, Father, oh, holy man. cow, let's dive on in. That was a good cheeseburger at Jim's oh my Burger. Gosh, thanks, Jim. It was good stuff. Been a tough recording session. Thanks it has been. <laughs> so, <laughs> but my stomach is delightfully full. Yes, indeed. So, the author of Saint Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, Father Dickinson, is Saint Paul. Really. Yes. Actually, this one that's almost has universal agreement, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. It, yeah. This is... Um, For um, all their pithy reasons. Yes. So if we, when you look at the, the document, the letter, um, it begins in the very first verse of the first chapter. The author introduces himself as Paul, an apostle. Um, did I ever tell you about like... Did I ever send you that article about uh, all these computer programs that tried to run these all the different analyses mm. on the letters of St. Paul to see which ones were authentically Pauline? No. Oh, okay. I should do that because I remember it off the top of my head. I need to look for it. Oh, I do know that Like oftentimes when these things are, studies are done, they actually usually verify the traditional understanding, but I don't know if this was a different Right. Way. This kind of, well, it goes to the history of it because at first it didn't. Oh. At first it kind of went along with this historical critical notion that some are authentically Pauline and some are not. Okay. But then, like, the more they actually dive into the linguistic analysis, they're like, actually, no, these are pretty much the same. Wow. And so. So there we go. So um, this is, uh, the author refers to himself as Paul, and tradition from uh, the earliest days has said that this letter was, in fact, written by Paul the Apostle. And not only that, but it's Pauline in its language and its style and its character. Um, and so... It, it, Bears all the marks. Right, it does. Um, there's a lot of we, uh, there's a lot of us, there's a lot of our first person plural 
um, particular there. That's not the royal we at oh. this point. Um, King Paul. The, <laughs> no, no, definitely not for Paul. King yeah. Jesus, absolutely. But that's because the letter begins, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. So Paul is writing as the leader and spokesman for this little uh, missionary team. Does your book give a... Uh Explanation of the name Sylvanus? Mm, uh, I, I didn't look it up. Oh, okay. Do you have one? No, just curiosity. I might look for it, though. Okay. Okay. And so so uh, this is probably, almost certainly, again, uh, the, the general consensus among um, historians and scholars is that St. Paul, uh, this is his oldest letter. Um, and it might be, in fact, the oldest of all the documents of the New Testament. Uh, that St. Paul probably wrote this in late 50 or early 51. It's like, <laughs> it's weird to say that, Father. I mean, you know, 1950, 2050, no, 50, just 50. 50. Fitty. Uh, and he probably wrote it in Corinth, um, of course, one of the other churches that he founded, or cities in a ch- which he founded a church. Do you have something Was Herman Melville there? writing there at the same time? Uh, no. Oh, okay. What? No, just okay. trying to joke with some old author writing stuff. <laughs> Corinth being a very popular place for authors to go when they need to write. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the name Sylvanus yeah. uh, is just, uh, I don't know if it's Roman or Greek, but it means uh, forested. Forested? Forested, yeah. As in not the there's trees? actually a Roman god of the forests named oh. Sylvanus. And so, mm. yep. Hmm. You're onto something. Interesting. Speaking of But names, your pause and your... Yeah, just real <laughs> brief tangent, that just about names. Okay. Um... Mike Aquilina co-authored a book about the the uh, the revolution that the church brought. Seven, I don't remember the full titles, but huh. seven revolutions. But he and his mm-hmm. co-author talk about the early centuries. You know, Christians when we're baptized, we take a name. Right now, when we're babies, it's the name our parents gives us, give us, gives us whatever. The early Christians would take names that that uh, referred to just literally human waste. Huh. Because of their nothingness. Hmm. Scum of the earth, as St. Paul says in one of his letters. Yeah. So so just, you know, we talk about, you know, th- the importance of the name and, and how early Christians would take names that were almost like literally gross, um, but but referred to their nothingness. So, uh, uh, yeah, that example is a great one. St. Paul um, refers to himself as the scum of the earth. So, Right. And there's actually a scum of the earth church in Denver. Seriously? Yeah. Did you ever go there? No, I always wanted to, but I never got around you, to it. You studied seminary. You were in seminary in Denver. I would, yes. So. Yep. Listeners, I was out there. That's, so I didn't just make a trip to Denver just to go <laughs> to Scum of the Earth Church, but had some friends who went, like, visited there just to check it out. Right. Yeah. So he wrote from Corinth to the church in Thessalonica. So well, let's talk about Thessalonica. Let's talk about Thessalonica. It's a bustling city. <laughs> bustling. <laughs> Bustling yeah. commercial city. The downtown is up. <laughs> what? When was it founded? Do you think? Um, I'm gonna say around 316 BC. That sounds right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Give or take. Give or take. Give or take. Within yeah. Within. Hey, that means what? What's the anniversary right now for Thessalonica? Three hundred. No, 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 no. You can't do that. 2016. No, Wait, yeah, no, we can. No, you can't. Why not? It because. Because it's b- before zero on the number line, so you start adding sixteen. 
have to add 316. Remember? Remember? Oh, yeah. 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 Minnesota math. Woo! So it won't be till like 84. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Sorry. Or 34. What for it, yeah. <laughs> so what? 18 years away from the 2,250th anniversary I don't know. of the founding. I don't know. I'm not doing the math right now. It's not important <laughs> enough to me to spend our precious airtime talking about how old this I'm sorry, listeners. pagan city was. But it was converted. In part, at least. Yeah. So, listeners, uh, this is uh, Ignition, a podcast and radio broadcast for the new evangelization with uh, your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and myself, Father Andrew Dickinson, dragging the show down. And if you have questions or if you want to ask for a new co host, uh, <laughs> you can send emails to uh, Dr. Chris Bergwald using the contact information. Uh, ignition at sfcatholic.org is the email address, or you can tweet at us. Um, use the Twitter handle at sfdiocese with the hashtag ignition. Also add the hashtag out with Father Andrew. If, uh, <laughs> or down Ooh, with Father Andrew. Let's get it trending here by the end of the day. <laughs> down, with <Father. laughs> down with Father Andrew. Uh, Thessalonica, you're, bustling you're, you're commercial fine city. co-host when we're not both in carb coma. Yep. There was some, definitely some there, there was some fat and some protein in that too. There was not enough apparently. No. Um, in addition to being a bustling commercial city, bustling. Um, the Romans uh, in four, 146 BC um, established Thessalonica as the capital of their province of Macedonia. It's a very pagan in its religious practices, and so a, a I'm assuming that means a vibrant pagan religiosity. Yeah. Yeah. Many yeah. sacrifices, much feasting, and things of that sort. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, whether you're hot or cold. Like, exactly. And so. Uh, but there's also a Jewish colony in Thessalonica with at least one synagogue. And as was his norm, St. Paul always started preaching in the synagogues. And so Paul founded the church there in around the year 50 on his second missionary voyage, which was in around Acts 17, 18. You can read about it there. That's after the Council of Jerusalem, right. at which the important decision was made that you didn't have to become Jewish to become Christian. Right, right. So you'd have to follow the practice, mosaic, the, the, the uh, mosaic law. Exactly. The ceremonial uh, identification law, not the moral law, but the law of... Uh, Identity and, and um, oh, what's another cultural right. law? Right. So, in particular, because there's a new cultus. Exactly. We talked about that a few episodes back. We did. Look How at those that? connections. Um, that was episode 262. Two, 262. Um, circumcision being the, 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 because we'll that even happened after Acts 15. Exactly. We'll talk did. about that when we get to the books of Timothy, yeah, though, in a couple episodes. We will. So stay tuned, dear listeners. Um, Suspense. So uh, Paul's uh, activity in um, in Thessalonica uh, in 50 was actually relatively wildly successful. Yeah. Um, but as is often the case, when you're relatively, well, relatively wildly successful at the work of the Lord, some people will not be happy. No. 
And so that's what happened in the case of uh, Thessalonica. Um, a number, certainly not all, but uh, some of the Jews of the Jewish colony in Thessalonica uh, became very unhappy with Paul and the others um, and got some of the le- leading women of the city and convinced uh, the leaders of the city to uh, have Paul and Silvanus and Timothy thrown out of Thessalonica. Kicked them right out. Yep. So Exposed. They- Exposed. Yes, I love it when you get exposed. <sighs> and the church behind, though, remained a target of that persecution because of that uh, faith. Uh, although, although at that time, most of them were Gentile Christians. Right. <clears throat> and that, that's, that comes uh, right into... Um, I don't know. That's the reason, one of the reasons that Paul wrote his letter as his convert, concern for mm. those recent Gentile converts. Because not only they're being persecuted, but they're, they're recently left behind paganism. Well, they left everything behind. Calling to them. They left everything behind. I mean, you think about it, because if, if they were Jewish, and even then they'd probably left a lot behind, but even if they were Jewish, they were still living as a minority. Right. Um, and so within this country now, but if they're pagan, they're part of the majority, part of everyone, part of the center of things, everything revol- or everything they did revolved around the actions of the city, and now they've totally walked away from that. They've died to that right. in order to follow Jesus, which is one of the most difficult uh, things for any Christian to do in their following of Jesus. So this is where it was definitely for them countercultural to follow Jesus. And we, you and I were just, um, uh, before we, uh, while well, we were working off that uh, delicious yeah. pasty yep, yep. burger, uh, talking about how in our day and age, um, it, it can be difficult, especially for your young people, uh, but for yeah. any of us to identify ourselves publicly as Christians, as Catholics in particular, Mm -hmm. because uh, some of the views that we hold to as Catholics, as Christians, are becoming increasingly and increasingly increasingly countercultural. I wasn't sure if you were stuck or if you're just emphasizing. And increasingly and increasingly. And so St. Paul writes then in order to encourage uh, and, and urge them onward in their Christian life to strengthen them. If he does rebuke them, it would be to stay the course, but he doesn't rebuke them. So yeah. we don't have to worry about his rebuking. He does rebuke in other letters. No, he rebukes. It's always out of that same desire to encourage them on their right. course. But this one, he doesn't even rebuke them. Yeah. He's just all like, no, keep to the course. Keep it going. Very gentle. I think, again, in light of that pastoral concern to to encourage them, again, as you just said, to stay the course. Mm-hmm. So, but there is, you know, sometimes we're using language pastoral as opposed to maybe to doctrinal. There is no such opposition. Uh, no. A pastor is a teacher. Yeah, all, all good pastoring should lead to an instruction in doctrine, and all good doctrine should lead to a change in the way you live. Exactly. So uh, this in, in particular, and I know Father's going to be excited next month when we talk about Second Thessalonians. because I did all my research on that, I thought <laughs> we were doing First and Second Thessalonians today. And but because was, then, actually, you communicated. In the communique I received, didn't it say First and Second? It, it did indeed. Okay. I just put all my eggs in one basket. <laughs> you did. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Antichrist next month. Yep. When we look at Second Thessalonians. Because St. Paul talks about the Antichrist. Yes. Is that actually the first mention of the term? To be the opposite or opposed to Christ? Uh, I think not only, uh, yeah, as far as I, yeah, the gospel. Jesus doesn't use that term. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Okay. It is. Next month, stay next tuned. Next month. All these teasers. The um, the emphasis uh, in terms of doctrinal content in First Thessalonians, though, is on 
eschatology. The end. Eschatology. So that's the theology of the last things. And really, I mean, it's worth pointing out, Father, I think we're living in the last days. We are. And that's part of what St. Paul says to them in the letter to the Thessalonians, is that we, these are those last days, and we should live prepared as if uh, our Lord will come. We don't know when, but we should live prepared in that way. Exactly. So the end of time began 2,000 years ago. Even though Jesus may not return, uh, the second coming may not happen for millennia, say, we're still, it's, it's still the end of time. Right. Even if it's like a trillion years from now or something, that'd yep. be a lot of years. Even if it's a trillion seconds from now, which would be a lot of years. <laughs> yes. Like 80,000 years, I think. Never done that math either. I did once actually, but if you actually count it to a trillion, how long yes, would it take? Yes, I, oh, okay. I understand. Okay. Um, so Already emphasis like on, on eschatology, specifically the second coming, there's at least one mention of Jesus's glorious return in each of the chapters of first Thessalonians. So very much an emphasis about, about living, how the end is going to be live with the end in sight. Yep. Live with the purpose in sight. Yep. And if we don't live in that regard, then we're open to the swaying and blowing of many winds. Yep of uh, spiritual doctrine. So with that awareness, that thinking of with the end in mind, um, he is really exhorting the Thessalonians and all of us because right. it's an inspired letter to be prepared both morally and spiritually for Jesus' second coming. Repent. For the end is near. Yep. So Father, let's jump into some of the notable The end passages. is only one heartbeat away. That's true. Um, still here. <laughs> four heartbeats. We're glad you're still here, listeners of Ignition. This is a Baradcast for the New Evangelization. I'm your host, Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson on this Baradcast. Uh, yes. It, <laughs> if you have questions about what we're discussing, the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you could tweet at us using the Twitter handle sfdiocese, D-I-O-C-E-S-E, using the hashtag ignition. Ignition. I just made a hashtag symbol with my fingers that no one could see on the radio. Correct, but I saw it. Yep. And that's what counts. Hashtag. Not really. Uh, notable passages, Father. I wrote down a couple that struck me, so um, I'll just. Lead it. Come on. Pick one and you Tell can me comment what... if you want. I, I, love... I will always comment. Yes. Uh, so uh, the, the first chapter, verse five, reads in part Our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. And the reason I love. I mean, the gospel, the words of the gospel, the words of Jesus Christ, the words of our faith is, aren't just words. Like they're not just ideas. Mm. They're not just concepts. They come in power and in the Holy Spirit. And certainly in the case of St. Paul with full conviction as well. Yeah. And this whole idea that uh, words with deeds. Yeah. It's not just a matter of saying something, but actually living it out and doing it. Right. I talk with my college students all the time that don't just witness your faith with someone, act your faith out with someone. Right. Someone says, hey, I know you're a Christian. Would you pray for me because of this or that or another thing? Pray with them right then and there. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, please. That, we have a student union at, at the yeah. uh, at SDSU, and I'd love for us to have this booth of just like, hey, we'll pray with you if you want. Right. Right now we just offer prayers. Like, hey, if you have prayer intentions, we'll pray for your prayer intentions this day. But I'd leave it even like to have like, Hey, would you want us to like pray with you right now? That'd be a beautiful thing. Yeah. And so someday. Someday. Uh, what's holding you back? Uh, the students aren't quite ready to They're not ready. lead in that way. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. But it took me like three years to get them to do like the free prayer booth. Yeah. There you go. Um, 
moving along, one verse. <laughs> uh, Let's go on to verse six of chapter one. St. Paul writes, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Mm. And he talks about the other places, be, uh, be an imitator of, of me. Of me. And, and, and Philippians, does he say that? I think, I think in chapter so. two, yeah. So just that, that, that we... That St. Paul is holding up as an example to follow, yes, certainly Jesus Christ, but also himself. Right, in his own imitation of Jesus. Exactly. And so they're, they're as, as, you know. It's a neat reference to the saints. Yeah. You know, if someone asks, like, well, what is this idea of the saints? Well, I mean, St. Paul says, be an imitator of me as I imitate Jesus Christ. Yes. And it says it in another way here in, in Thessalon- First Thessalonians, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Uh, moving along uh, into chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. What is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? It, is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. I'm just struck by that when I was looking through the letter that St. Paul says that mm. you, the Thessalonians, are our hope, our joy, our crown of boasting. This actually ties into Psalm 127, which we mentioned on the 264th episode of Ignition when we talked about the examine. Uh, Psalm 127 in the second half says, Oh, the happiness of the man who has filled... Uh, the sons of youth are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Oh, the happiness of the man who has filled his quiver with these arrows. He will have no cause for shame when he dispo- disputes with his foes in the gateways. Right. Right. So St. Paul has no shame in that way because the crown, the joy is the those who have converted his spiritual children. Right. So those are three that had struck me. Any any the others that strike you, Father, the last couple minutes? Well, two, I think, would be, uh, and some of the next two on our list, but to chapter four, verse three, uh, this is the will of God, your sanctification. Mm. As we talked about in the 264th and 263rd episode of Ignition, that the Christian life should be one of a transformative encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And so you become sanctified, not just holy in name, that we call you Christian, but holy in reality in your soul. And this was not addressed just to the priests of Thessalonica, not just to the sisters of Thessalonica. It was to all the Christians of Thessalonica. Right, right. Not just to the habited nuns, not just to the Dominicans of Thessalonica in the days of St. Paul. (laughs) There were no Dominicans (laughs) in the days of St. Paul. Oh, okay. Then finally, just would be uh, chapter 5, verse 14. Admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Two things with that. One would just be, that really echoes well with the works of mercy, especially the spiritual works of mercy, right? Do you remember the spiritual works of mercy? Oh my gosh. We did an episode on it. Look at it. Yes, we did. And, uh, but then also it's against kind of our modern relativistic notion that, hey, you know, if, if you want to just do the things you do, you can just do that yourself. And that's just a, okay, man. Right, right. So I guess those are the ones that kind of just stuck out with me. So yeah, I mean, you, you're called to, uh, by your Christian identity, to admonish Christians that are idle, to encourage Christians who are faint-hearted, to help them that are weak, while all the while being patient with them. Right. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Final parting shot from you, you think? I think there? Uh, just 20 more seconds, just an encouragement, as we always do with these series. Read it. Read the book. Read the book. So it's short. I mean, we're getting shorter and shorter as we go here with the Paul, what's left of the Pauline Pauline epistles. Uh, Exactly. Just a couple of pages long. So read it prayerfully, read it carefully, and see what the Lord has to say to you through the writings of St. Paul. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet at us. Use the uh, Twitter handle at sfdiocese hashtag ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear 
dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.